Hello and welcome to the Open Door Church's podcast. My name's John Creasy. I'm one of the pastors, along with my co-pastor, Reverend Cheryl Kellop. We're a PCUSA church in the east end of Pittsburgh, striving to create passageways to God, others, and the world in the way of Jesus. On this episode, we'll hear the sermon from this past Sunday. Enjoy. God, we pray that you would open our hearts today, that we would be able to take a deep breath and experience your word as we read it, as we think about it, as we um, center our hearts on you. God, we know that your word is not just words on a page, but the active Holy Spirit among us. Pray that you would be active in our hearts and in our community, that you would be active encouraging us and lifting us up. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture today is Matthew 14, 22 through 33. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When he came he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by waves, was far from the land. The wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it's I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Look, if it is you, or Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and the beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why do you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. One thing I know is that we don't need, in the world right now, um, religious practice built on on gimmicks, on so-called miracles, on silly tricks to attract big crowds and win popularity contests. Do we? Got too much real stuff going on in this world to need that sort of religion. But that's basically what we have in some of the world's largest, most successful churches and beyond the church. A show. Silly tricks to attract big crowds. Religion has always had this this weird side to it, I think. Side where we try to show people what they want to see and not what they need to see. At first glance, first glance, we might think that's what's going on here with Peter and Jesus walking on water. 
Is this just a fancy trick designed to attract attention and make people say, wow, this Jesus guy, he must be really special. He can walk on water. That's one way it's been seen over the centuries, a, a fake story. A lot of people over the years have said it's not, it didn't actually happen. It's just a story by the church trying to get more followers and to legitimize that Jesus was really special. And for believers, many thought it was one of Jesus' greatest miracles, defying nature, right? And I think because of those things and my own baggage, it's one of my least favorite miracles. Jesus just showing off, wanting to prove a point here. Does he just want the disciples to freak out and give him props for being a magician? I mean, it reminds me of the 1980s with like David Copperfield. You remember him? Dating myself for you youngins. But he was a big deal magician and he had like, it was before streaming and we watched what was on TV and that's your only choice, right? And so David Copperfield would have these big specials. And one time he made the Statue of Liberty disappear and everybody in the country watched it. How did he do that? Wow. Is that the kind of thing Jesus is doing here? Alas, our scripture, though, from the beginning, says no, that's not what Jesus is doing. <laughs> our scripture begins by making it clear that Jesus' purpose was not to impress the crowds by walking on water. Because what did he do in the very beginning? In verse 22, he tells the crowds to go away, go home. He dismisses the crowds, and night comes, and Jesus escapes to the mountains. The disciples are supposed to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. He wants time alone. He wants the opposite of a crowd. Our tendency would have been to show off a miracle, right? The church's, the religion's tendency would be to gather a big crowd and show off a miracle. But Jesus does just the opposite. So as we, I want to kind of, I want to try to sink ourselves into this story with Jesus a little bit. Because we get it wrong. I get it wrong. We get it wrong. We come with our preconceived notions. So let's sink into this story a little bit. This story with Jesus. And find a starting point. The starting point of Jesus alone in the mountains. And the disciples on a boat in the Sea of Galilee. Jesus sends the crowds away. The disciples are afraid and in danger. So this miracle, it's not about proving anything. It's not about getting the people to show up. It's not about impressing anybody. So what was it? Let's all close our eyes for a minute. Okay? Kids, you can do this too, too since we don't have class time for you all say. Let's close our eyes together, and we're going to see if we can imagine ourselves on the beach. Find yourself on a beach with the wind and the rain coming at you. Have you ever been on a beach in the rain at night? It's dark. There's no one else on the shore. 
is you standing on the shore. There's only a small fishing boat that might be in trouble out there. Can you feel the rain? Can you feel even the darkness? Can you hear the waves crashing on a lake that is normally calm? This is the kind of scene that Jesus found himself in. Take a moment to remember a time when you were on the shore. What's it smell like? What's it sound like? What do you see? Now take a moment and place yourself on the boat. It's rocking. Wind battered and everyone is soaked and afraid. It's a lot different than the solid ground on the shore. The storm is like an eruption. And the disciples see what looks to them like a ghost on the water. Peter, excited when he hears Jesus' voice coming from the water, asks Jesus to call him out and join him on the water. Can you imagine yourself on a boat like that? What does that feel like? How would you respond to Peter He's about to step into the water. Do you believe your eyes seeing a figure on the water and hearing Jesus' voice? Okay, you can open your eyes. For those on the boat, this was a moment of great turmoil and danger, right? If you imagined yourself on the boat, I think fear, fear for, for me, it's fear for Peter, seeing him step out into the water. It's like, no way, dude, you're going to die, right? I think Jesus allows Peter to do, to take part in this miracle, this miracle that is, Symbolic. It, now, I don't mean it didn't happen symbolic, but it has much bigger meaning than just putting on a show. It wasn't a show. It symbolizes something much more important to us than a simple defying of nature, a disappearing of the Statue of Liberty. Or he also did the Great Wall of China, David Copperfield did. It's not about anything. I think Jesus allows Peter to do this symbolic miracle to point us toward a much greater truth about stepping out in faith in times of great turmoil. And what better uh, thing to think about in a time of great turmoil in our world and for many of us in different ways in our lives. First, the first move that Peter makes here is that he, I, I find this interesting, it's easy to just skim over this point. Peter 
makes it a point to not jump out of the boat and just walk on the water. He only believes he can do this if Jesus calls him out. He hears Jesus' voice and he doesn't say, Jesus, I'm coming out with you. Here I come. He says, if, if it's really you, call me out onto the water. Have you ever wanted to do something big in life, like something that felt really important and good and meaningful in the world, in your life, or in your life, but you just, you just didn't feel the timing was right, you didn't feel in your spirit that you were ready, and you said to Jesus, if, if this is it for me right now, if this is what you want, call me into this. There are times in our lives when we see the, the turmoil and maybe see a potential action that we can take, but we're not ready. We're not, sometimes we don't hear Jesus' voice, even though we wish we did. The water and the wind and the waves are too much without Jesus' call to step out. And Jesus does call Peter. Jesus calls him out into the water to take a massive risk, right? Peter's focus on Jesus is solid at first, and he steps out of the boat, and he starts to move toward Jesus. What does that symbolize in the water? When Jesus calls us into something, Move toward Jesus, yeah. And then what does Peter do? After a couple steps, what do we do? We look around and see the waves crashing around us. Those circumstances are overwhelming. They're dangerous. Those circumstances grab hold of Peter and they pull him under the water. Can you relate? The world really does treat us like Peter is treated by the waves and the wind in this story. Does it ever seem to you that as soon as you say yes to something that you think God is calling you toward, you step out of the boat, this is, this is really God's call in my life. Take another step and you feel like you begin to sink. At least that's what Peter is experiencing in our story. Peter began with great faith, but was overwhelmed with the reality of the situation. I've felt this many times. I've been inspired and excited by what I believed to be a call from God in my life to do something, try something new, pursue something, and I go for it only to be overwhelmed by the reality or just self-doubt sets in. The reality of the challenge that God has allowed me to step into often overwhelms. And we step, if we don't sink, we step back into the boat. Maybe that's my thing. Like, touch the water? Nah, I'm going to go back to the boat. At this point, Peter loses sight of Jesus, begins to sink, is overwhelmed by the sea, Peter is unraveled. 
a few years back, um, 2016, 17, into 2018. Um, I've talked about this before, some of you know about this, but I, uh, in the PC USA, uh, an overture came uh, to, to my knowledge uh, for the divestment of all of the, our pastors' pensions to, to be divested from the fossil fuel industry. Um, and and we, we wanted to make a strong statement. And to be a part of this movement to move beyond fossil fuels for the sake of acting on climate change. So this, this came to me. I saw that other Presbyterians around the country were, were um, aligning with this and voting on it. And I thought, I wonder if Pittsburgh, the mo one of the most conservative, old school Presbyterians, and the large, maybe the largest Presbyterian, um, one of the largest Presbyterians in the country. I wonder if, if Pittsburgh would do this. It was a, it was kind of a big risk, and the Presbyterian's Peacemaking Committee, I asked them what they thought, I'm on that committee, and we went for it, and we did, I'm not going to tell you everything that went into it, but it was a ton of work, and Pittsburgh Presbyterian ended up voted, voting on this overture, and we concurred, meaning we voted and said yes, which was a huge deal, and then I got to go to GA which is the General Assembly, the gathering of all the Presbyterians to make big decisions, including billions of dollars being divested um, from the fossil fuel industry. There was a lot of energy around it. More Presbyterians concurred with that overture than any ever before. And it was voted down. And it felt like this big thing that a whole bunch, not I played an extremely small role, but I felt gratitude to be able to. And it felt like so many of us had stepped out of the boat to do something, and we sunk. Industry won, and we went home and we felt like we had nothing. That was hard. It sucks when we think we know God's plan in our lives, and it unravels. It felt like a complete unraveling. One of the leaders of the movement on his way home said he just cried on the plane because our church said we want our money to stay with fossil fuel industry so that we can keep making money for our pensions. That's what it felt like. Sometimes it's because we stay thinking of other, other things that, that we might connect with. We stay too long in certain places. We, we don't hear God's voice calling us, Jesus' voice calling us to take a step. Sometimes it's because you're like me and you step right back into the boat. That we miss what God's calling us toward. And sometimes we do. We go for it and we feel like we're sinking. Many people are feeling an unraveling in their lives right now. But unraveling of our plans and hopes can also, it can become a revealing also. You know, when a fabric 
is unraveled, we can see what's behind that fabric. The reveal can happen gradually. It can happen suddenly. But in times of loss and uncertainty and mourning of what we thought was our future, we can catch a glimpse of a divine plan that otherwise was covered up. So sometimes the unraveling can lead to a reveal. There's a great unraveling happening in our world right now, a revealing of sorts. It's exposing the truth of the human condition. I think that's what a lot of life is about. Recognizing the unraveling and recognizing our need. None of us likes to uh, see how badly sin has warped human relationships with God with each other, with our planet. We feel like Peter. We gently took a step, and we feel like we're sinking. Peter took that step out of the boat, and bang, there came the waves. It's taken years, taken years, but this summer, our denomination agreed that divestment was necessary from the biggest, some of the biggest uh, fossil fuel mega companies on the planet. Our work back in 2016, 2017, 2018 actually did pay off. Without the activists from around the country who took part and took big risks, stepped out of the boat and put their, some of them put their lives into this, into helping the church act on climate and feeling like they were sinking. Finally, they saw that all the work they had done was paying off. Today we're finally taking the action that is just morally necessary. In those years, a lot has been revealed. A lot has been revealed because of the unraveling that happened um, early on. What happened is, our denominational leaders, while they said no to acting in 2017, they began really looking into these companies, such as ExxonMobil. They began um, connecting with them as shareholders and saying, all right, well, what is your climate plan? What is your plan to get to net zero? There was none. Over and over and over again. So they came back to General Assembly, this time not the crazy activists, like me, uh, but, but the leaders uh, who deal with investment. And they said, yep, those activists were right. The reveal. So in the midst of turmoil, Peter doesn't sink. Peter doesn't sink because Jesus is right there. Peter asks Jesus to save him, and Jesus reaches out his hand. I think a big part of the Christian faith is realizing when we face realities in our lives and in our world that will crush us apart from faith in a loving God without stretched arms. Jesus saves Peter. As Christians, we face trials in our lives when we realize we cannot make it without a savior. 
Peter is saved by Jesus. You and I will face times in our lives when our faith is all that we have. And Jesus promises to save us. Faith is our acceptance of the outstretched hand ready to pull us up from the water that we're called into. Did you step out of the boat? Only to find an unraveling of what you thought was sure? I encourage you to look for two things when you step out of the boat. Whatever that means for you, I encourage you to look for two things. Look for Jesus' hand ready to save you. If Peter didn't sink, he didn't need Jesus, then what? point is that Jesus saves and then is worshipped on the boat. We will face hard times. We will feel unraveled. We will feel like we're sinking when we're being faithful in our lives. So the first thing to look for is not the bottom of the ocean, but Jesus with his hands outstretched, ready to save. Second thing is wait for the reveal. It might take a while. It might take a while. But wait for the reveal. Well, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it and felt uh, restored and encouraged by it. Come check us out uh, on a Sunday morning if you're in the Pittsburgh area. We worship at the Neighborhood Academy located in Garfield. And our website is pghopendoor.net. You can find all sorts of information on who we are, what we're up to in our neighborhood and in the world and how you might be able to get more involved. Thanks.